Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring. And Andrew. And we're super excited to be talking with you again. I'm really enjoying winter. It's beautiful here. It's like a 78 degrees and sunny. How about you? I really, really like how often you tell me how amazing the weather is in Miami. Um, it makes me feel happy for you. <laughs> Yay. Well, it's just because I can see. Uh, she, so I can see her as we're recording. She's sitting in front of a window and it's like, kind of dreary and grayish and snow chunks on things. I'm really glad to be away from snow. (laughs) Um, So what did you do this weekend, Spring? Well, actually, the weather was beautiful here in New York City this weekend for the Women's March. Uh, So on Saturday, January 20th, um, we had the second annual Women's March. And I went out with a bunch of friends, and it was an amazing day. It was, I mean, not only did the weather uh, participate as well, (laughs) uh, which was perfect, um, so many people came out, and it was a beautiful showing of support for um, women, people that identify as women, and um, all people that experience any type of, um, you know, oppression. oppression. Yeah, in any way. And it's just such a, such a joining together of people, just really beautiful. That's awesome. Um, is the Women's March something that happens nationally as well, where people could get involved all over the country, or is this one just specific to where you are in New York? So, um, in the second year of the Women's March, it has uh, exploded all over. Almost every single town, I think, across the U.S. had one. My parents live in Gettysburg, which is a small town in Pennsylvania, and they had a Women's March my mom went to and sent me a bunch of photos. Um, so, Aww. yeah, it's, it's pretty much everywhere now. That's awesome. Um, we'll include uh, a little link or reference so people can find their way to the uh, website for the Women's March. And if there isn't one in your town, um, you can help to promote one of them as well. Yeah. My weekend, um, I put together wardrobes and cabinets for my house. It was not fun. Some people like putting furniture together. I am not one of them. No. <laughs> but I like it. It's nice. It'll be in a spare bedroom, so when you come, there'll be these giant wardrobes. Yeah. Great. I can't wait. I'll schedule a trip out of this weather ASAP. <laughs> uh, um, so um, what is our question for the day? Before we do our question, uh, we have actually um, been... We are super grateful. We're super grateful uh, for how well the podcast is going. And uh, we are now supported by CastBox as well. And so I just want to take a moment to talk about CastBox. They are the fastest growing podcast app with over 9 million downloads in the 18 months that they've been out. CastBox is now an official Google Editor's Choice app, one of only 25 apps globally to receive the App of Excellence title and the only podcast app to receive such an honor. Um, They just launched their in-audio search capability that offers a new way to search for podcasts based on words or topics. And CastBox is available on iOS, Android, and desktop, and it works with Google Home and Amazon as Alexa as well. So... Download CastBox, see if you like, try it out. We recommend it. We're on it. Um, a new way to find us and listen to us. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, what is our question today? Our question today is about sexting. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, what to do if somebody that you're in a relationship with, whether it's new or casual or ongoing, wants to sex with you. Wow. Um, I mean, and I think whenever we start talking about sexting, there's quite a few pros, there's quite a few cons, there's quite a bit of anxiety, you know, there's all kinds of emotions that can come to mind, it can be really fun too. Um, and in my head, I think it's kind of like, maybe we should talk back and forth about some of the things that are potentially good and some of the things that aren't. Where do you think we should start? Um, I kind of want to start with the cons so that we can finish with some pros. So we have some happy ways to finish the episode. How do we feel about that? Uh, works for me. Okay, so... So what is the big con? What do you think it is? Ugh, I mean, I think the biggest con is that we... The biggest con? <laughs> the biggest con is that we think about um, things as transient as uh, not everlasting, um, especially when we think in terms of Snapchat or um, other ways to that we try to protect ourselves. But I think that we need to be very aware that everything is existing in Foreverland on the internet, <laughs> even if we think that it has disappeared. I mean, it's one of those things. Every word that you've ever typed, every picture that you've ever taken, any message that you've ever sent, any text, all of that exists forever and it can follow you. Um, I have a, a story that, that came up um, a, a few years ago. I was on a, a hiring committee for someone who is a really promising faculty member, really great research, wanted to be a professor, was a good fit. Um, and uh, when she was in college, she was in a bikini competition during spring break. And when you typed her name into Google, guess what picture came up? I bet it was her in a bikini. <laughs> it was her in a bikini that came up. And of course, like it happened with me. I'm like, oh, I don't care. People in a bikini, that's normal. But there are other people who are on the hiring committee who were seriously offended that this young woman, when she was 21 years old, had the audacity to be in a bikini, which is a total accept, totally acceptable part of clothing, pieces, pieces of clothing, <laughs> parts of clothing. Um, but that picture followed her. And uh, if I look today, the exact same picture is still number one. So anytime you uh, put yourself out there at all, it can just follow you forever. So how did the people on the hiring committee react to that, though? Uh, well, a few of them who I thought, you know, were were going to be supporters and be like, what? It doesn't matter. She's a woman. She can do whatever she wants with her body. Um, they actually had some really negative responses to it. We're like, well, I don't know if this is the image that we want to show here. We don't if our department wants to show the like portray our faculty members like this. And my instant response was, how many people here have been to a beach? Have you ever been to the beach in a Speedo or shorts or anything else? Have you ever had your shirt off in public? If that picture came up, should that mean that you shouldn't get a job? And I had to fight pretty hard um, against some pretty strong personalities who were really upset by by it. So, I mean, we I think we do need to be careful. Um, but on the other side, I, I never want to blame the person if a photo comes out like that. Um, I think that we have to be adults and say, well, you know, those photos exist and people are enjoying their life and we should be positive and supportive of them. Congratulations. You won a bikini contest. How many people can say that, right? Yeah, I mean... It kind of makes me want to be in a bikini contest now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that 
thank goodness that you were there to uh, help bring those that issue to light that um, you know everybody wears uh, swimwear for the most part at some point in their lives and that that's a normal thing to do. Um, but it does it does raise that point that we do have to consider that when we are sending images, when we are texting, uh, that there is these are traceable and that people might see these in the future and that um, that just needs to be something that you're aware of, I think. I don't think you need to be afraid of it, but I think you need to be aware of it. Yeah, definitely be aware of it. And I mean, this con is kind of linked to a few other ones as well. Um, just a couple years ago, hackers logged into cloud. I don't really know what the cloud is, but they lo- they hacked into the cloud. <laughs> um, and they released a whole bunch of uh, uh, erotic pictures of people like Jennifer Lawrence and several other pop singers. Um, and these were private pictures that people had taken. These aren't even about sexting at this point, like the stuff we're talking about, um, just... Those kind of pictures, if they're out there, can be accessed and they can be spread. So you just have to be thinking about what that means for you overall. Um, And the second part that I think that we should probably talk about is revenge porn, right? Like these pictures can be used um, by your ex to try to coerce you, right? Yeah. And I mean, not only is that... uh terrifying, but it's also very hard to kind of plan for because when you are dating someone, whether it's a new or an ongoing relationship, you um, you trust them. But I mean, that's why you're going out with them. Like you have some sort of trust with them that you um, expect is kind of ongoing, even if the relationship might not be. And so when you give these photos to someone or send these photos in some way, you are kind of trusting that they will not in the future try to ruin your life with them. And and you just kind of want to expect that out of everybody. But we've seen time and time and time and time again that many people um, do not respect those wishes and do try to ruin people's lives by sharing photos after a relationship is no longer um, good between the individuals. Uh, what's going to happen with DACA? The Dreamers be worried. We love the Dreamers. We love everybody. Thank you very much. I'm Matt Horton, and I'm the host and creator of Status a podcast that tells the human stories that immigration impacts. Let's talk about this. This was created by President Obama. The Trump administration announced an end. If you're American, by now you've probably heard the news. But have you heard the actual, real-life stories of dreamers? Find Status every other Tuesday to hear them. Subscribe to Status, Immigration, and People wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think in the future that uh, society's perceptions of this are going to change some too? Because if we look at what you know, teens and college students are doing, it seems like the vast majority of them are engaging in sexting style behaviors anyway. So do you think once everybody has kind of done it, that it will no longer have the kind of impact or the kind of power over people? Right? Because right now you have the older generation and they don't do it very much. Um, because it's not part of their technology and they're already in relationships. And then you have a younger generation that does it a whole lot. 
So do you think as, you know, as people get older, it's going to become less of a serious sort of stigmatized I think issue? I think two things. I think that, first of all, the revenge porn laws are becoming um, much stronger and more well-developed. So I think that that's one side of it. That might start to shift some of the behaviors, I think, as we uh, look at the legal ramifications around it. Um, but also... I think we do have a lot of older people now sexting as well. Maybe 10 years ago we didn't. Um, but I think now I think that's probably already changed because people that are, um, I mean, people that are married do it. People that are single again and dating again definitely do it. So I don't think that we would limit this to something that only young people do. But what I think you're talking about is this idea of um, normalizing it and having it be more of something that uh, people think is okay. And I think that that will happen over time, um, the more and more cases of revenge porn we see and the more we talk about it and that kind of brings it um, into communication, I think that more and more we will we will begin to normalize it, but I think it'll take time. Um, and I mean, you mentioned legal stuff a few times there. I think it's important for us to point out that if you send sexually explicit content to somebody who doesn't want it, it meets the definition of sexual harassment, right? So you should be really careful in terms of make sure that all parties are involved and all parties are of appropriate age. Um, and that also depends on where you live. In some states, it's like one year or two year. In some states, it's anybody under a certain age and everybody over a certain age. Those age ranges kind of change. Um, but you can actually be put on a sexual predator list in parts of the country if you're 18 and you're dating somebody who's 17 and you're sexting back and forth. It's considered... Uh, I mean, it's illegal and it can get you put on sexual predators list. You should be really careful about who you're sexting with, right? And make sure that you're you're doing it to someone who's consenting to that uh, transaction and that the people are appropriately aged for you to be sexting with as well. So blanket statement, everyone over 18 would be of okay age in any state, but... Um, but do check on the specific laws for your state um, because it does vary quite quite significantly. Um, and the other thing that you said about this, uh, we talk a lot about unsolicited pics as a problem in our culture. Um, and I think that's a really good point that um, that is actually sexual harassment and that people that are receiving unsolicited dick pics need to bring that to attention of the people that they're receiving them from. Um, because I think a lot of times people sending them think of it as harmless and um, they're doing it to get some type of reaction out of you. But I think that people that are receiving them need to stand up a little bit more and say, you know, um, you know, if if we're sexting back and forth, I'm interested in receiving this. That's one thing. But for you to send this or to send it regularly or to keep sending this to me um, is not OK. Right. Absolutely. I mean, once again, that gets right back into that is objectively harassment. Like, I don't want this and you keep getting it anyway. It's really weird to me in my like, why did people why why did that become the first thing that people started sexting? It wasn't romance, it wasn't erotica, it wasn't love stories, it was just like mass production of dick pics that went everywhere. 
it's kind of weird the way that our society focuses so much on that one part of the body, right? That's a different talk for a different day. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like wait, do we have a new question? Is this our new topic? Because we I have some we new questions. talk about uh, this for another hour. <laughs> why, um, why, why so dick focused? <laughs> let's see. Um, I had one more con that I wanted to talk about before we get to the, the pro side. Um, and for a lot of people, if you are in a relationship with someone else, if you are sexting outside of that relationship, it is considered cheating, right? So you should be really careful about the rules in your relationship and in the other person's relationship to make sure that you're not violating, you know, the kind of commitment and intimacy rules that you've made with the other person. For some people, it's going to be totally okay. And you can sex while you're in a relationship if it's just going to be fun, flirty kind of stuff. But other times it people take it very seriously and it could be considered cheating because, I mean, this is going to segue into the positive side. Um, Sexting can be a great way to foster and build intimacy with someone as well, right? And if you're doing that with someone who's not your partner and you're in a closed relationship, that is pretty much cheating, not a whole lot of wiggle room there, right? Yeah, and I think that um, that's something that uh, people sometimes do as one of these first behaviors when they're kind of uh, moving between relationships, when they're starting to think about leaving a relationship that's been a monogamous relationship for a while, they uh, might start um, kind of exploring their options in this way. And um, I wouldn't say that it's wrong or right to uh, do something like that, but to be aware of your boundaries and what boundaries you've set up with your partner um, so that you are not maliciously hurting somebody that you care about. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about talking to the other person, getting consent, building rules that work for your relationship. Um, Oh, and I just thought of one more thing, one more con. Um, (laughs) Occasionally, I watch an episode of that MTV show Catfish, (laughs) and it seems that um, this whole sexting with other people's pictures is a huge, I mean, if I pay attention to the show, it seems that using other people's pictures is a big deal. So maybe the things you're getting aren't even the persons that you're talking to. So just be a little bit careful as well. Yeah. And that's interesting. So if we, if you're meeting somebody online and then you start, uh, sexting before you meet, um, you don't, yeah, you don't actually know, uh, who those pictures might be of that you're getting. And, um, I, I, I would say as a, I do feel strongly about this recommendation. I would say, uh, don't sext with someone before you meet them. That's, that's a rule that I think is a pretty good one to follow. Um, not everybody has to follow it, but I think that's a wise decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and there's a couple other like little safety things, like don't include your face, right? Like don't include identifying tattoos. There's lots of little things that you can do that increase like the the level of prevent, like, just like prevention strategies for some of the, the cons that we were talking about. But I want to talk about the pros. I, I want to talk, talk about the pros. I don't think anyone ever talks about the pros. And I think there's a lot of nice things. Like, like I just said a second ago, it can be really fun and flirty. You can have a fun, flirty day, even if you don't get to see that person, if you're in different cities, or even if you have, you know, working hours that are apart from one another, you can kind of have fun flirtiness at any time, at any place. Yeah. And it's something that you can continue like throughout the day to like actually really work up to when you're seeing that person again, whether it's that night or sometime in the future, like, and that actually makes you more excited to see your partner. 
almost like an appetizer, mm. right? Like I'm going to fix you this nice appetizer, put you on simmer all day long, and then when we see each other later, boil. Over. <laughs> Food right, analogy. Are we getting explosion? Yes. Explosion. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, it's a really nice way uh, to kind of build for an evening. Um, I think it's a really nice way for people to build intimacy too. If you're in a relationship with someone, even if you have some body confidence issues, um, if you are a really shy person and sometimes you have a really hard time putting yourself out there, it can kind of be like a, a small steps, baby steps, fun way um, to, you know, kind of break down some of your barriers if you're shy, to get some positive feedback for body image issues. Um, I think there's a lot of really positives that can be said in terms of intimacy and body issues and and kind of getting over some initial shyness with another person too. Yeah, and I, oh, and I mean long, the oh. thing is when you're when you're taking the photos and you're alone, you do have the ability to take and retake it a couple of times to send one that you feel comfortable with. And that is you having that agency over how you're presenting yourself to somebody. And that is nice. And if you aren't always is confident in your body, then you like have the ability to uh, kind of shape that in that moment. And that does feel really good for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also really good for helping people open up about what they actually want too. sometimes we're really bad. We've talked about it in other episodes, but people are really bad about saying what they want sexually. And I think sometimes with these kind of quick little uh, or not, not even quick, but I mean, spread out over day or days, even um sexting, you can really let someone know exactly what you want with the picture. So I think it's a great way to kind of build that uh, with someone. Yeah. As well. And so if there's something new that you wanted to try that you hadn't talked about with your partner yet, yeah, that'd be a great way to introduce something. Um, if you wanted to show a photo of something that you're thinking about, or even you could take a photo of like something on the computer, right? That you're like thinking of wanting to try with them or something. Um, and yeah, that's a great way to introduce something, to bring it up, to start to talk about it. That might be easier than doing that face to face. Um, and that really plays well into my next pro. And um, I think fantasy and sex is a lot of fun when you're able to engage and be anything that you want. And I think sexting sometimes is a way where you can engage in all kinds of fantasies without most of the risk that could be associated with them as well. So not only can you try new things and let your partner know new things, but um, you can really have fun um, building fantasy with someone else and living all kinds of crazy experiences without any kind of harm or risk. And uh, one thing, though, I think that we want to be clear when you're sexting with a partner, if something is a fantasy and it's something you don't actually want to try, uh, you should say, I have a fantasy that I want to keep at this level as a fantasy and sexed about because because other people are doing what we just said, showing photos of things they want to try and trying to introduce that as, you know, something that we might do next time we're together. So uh, it is important to kind of be clear about what your intention is behind an image. Um, if you are thinking of wanting to try that with your partner or if you're wanting to uh, play that through as a fantasy with them. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there are a lot of cons to consider, but there are also a lot of pros. Uh, and at the end of the day, I think it comes down to your own personal choice and making sure that, you know, you, you bring some of those risks down and you get the most benefit from it as possible. And I think that it's just, uh, you know, 
yeah, there's cons. There's cons to everything. There's cons to every decision that we make, and there's pros to every decision that we make. And I, I don't want us to think that this is something scary or something that um, we can't do in our lives, like even with the potential ramifications. I think that we really just want to be aware of all of those things and then uh, and then consciously make decisions that feel good for us in each specific moment. So you don't ha- even have to have uh, an overall decision about sexting. It could be, you know, I will decide in this moment if it feels right with this partner. So we always talk about safer sex. I think we should just have the same exact safer sexting conversation, right? And that's really what we were talking about today to make sure that you're enjoying it, getting what you want from it, make sure that you're having safer sex. And speaking of safer sex, how safe is sexting when we're thinking about STIs? Uh, Right, exactly. 100% (laughs) safe. safe. No chance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hooray! Yay. We found we found a safe sex behavior where you can definitely not get any diseases or okay. or pregnancy. That that too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Sexting. That's yeah. a huge pro. No STDs, <laughs> no babies. Good times. Uh, but we are just about out of time for today. We are at our period, and we have a special call to action for all of you. <laughs> what is it? Um, so today, we're going to encourage you to use Snapchat for some sleeve filters for your face. Uh, so we're going to post some photos of us with some Snapchat filters on the sex wrap. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And uh, we encourage you to do the same on any public account you have. You can also use the hashtag, the sex trap, and we'll repost some of those also. That'd be a lot of fun. Okay. So thanks, everybody. Um, If you ever have any questions at all about sex, sexual health, sexuality, sexual development, relationships, LGBTQ, anything at all, um, feel free to contact us. You can reach us. through with a phone. Our phone number is 413 I wrap it. That's wrap with the W. Um, you can reach us at email, the sex wrap at gmail.com. And then you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter um, at the sex wrap. Thanks, everybody. Just wrap us. Just wrap us. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too. Af- Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe. This is Kelly Clarkson. If you love awesome music, then you also have a soft spot for TV's number one singing competition, The Voice. This season, it'll be bigger and better than ever with Adam Blake, Jennifer Hudson, and the reigning champ, moi. I've won The Voice six times. There is life beyond Blake. I want to be a cowboy. I can do all that too. Your turn, Blake. (laughs) Watch Team Kelly on The Voice. Not to brag, but I am the returning champ. Followed by the premiere of Manifest tonight on NBC.